This is Jones Financial Talk with Nick Jones from Jones & Associates Premier Financial Solutions. When a part of your financial strategy is out of tune, your long-term goals, your retirement savings, and your legacy can all suffer. Nick provides his clients and prospects with the information they need regarding Social Security, retirement income planning, wealth management, and much more. Listen in as we address your financial concerns and provide helpful solutions to put you on the path to achieving your retirement goals. And now, here is Jones Financial Talk with your host, Nick Jones. Well, hello and welcome back to Jones Financial Talk. This is Nick Jones from Jones & Associates Premier Financial Solutions. Listeners, as always, if you'd like more information about what you hear on our show today, please give us a call at 541-773-9567 or visit us online at jonesfinancialtalk.com. And lots of listeners, when they're on our website, click on our radio page to check out any of our past shows and also to subscribe to our program on Apple Podcasts or Spotify. Now, as always, please don't hesitate to reach out to us after the show with any questions or to set up a face-to-face or virtual meeting. Probably not a surprise to many of you, over the last couple of weeks, we have heard just so much information about a potential for a bear market and how long it's going to last. We are obviously there today. Bull markets, bear markets, recessions, market volatility. You know, when you're building a financial strategy with the goal to see you through your retirement, there's just a lot to know. And even more importantly, there are a lot of financial news headlines that may have you second guessing about your own strategy and yourself in retirement. But as with most things, knowledge is power. And so during our episode today, we're going to focus our attention on bear markets what they are and how you may be able to manage them and what are the things that you can do in your portfolio to help you breathe a little easier at night. And so before I get started, I'd love to bring in my co-host, Mr. Tony Shore, to help us explain this topic in more details. All right. Well, great to be here on the show with you once again, Nick. And it is really amazing what's been happening, obviously, with interest rates, inflation, and of course, market volatility, crazy, uh, almost the perfect storm. However, uh, you know, they said, Hey, we might be into a bear market. We are in a bear market. Uh, that's official. 2022 has been a rough year for the markets. And we've talked so much on past shows about how to hedge against market volatility. And I know that your clients and the people you work with, you've got strategies in place. Uh, that help them deal with this so they don't have all their eggs in one basket. And there are many approaches to uh, have strategies in place to deal with bear markets. And I'm looking forward to talking about that today. So you've chosen a relevant topic. And I think a lot of people out there who have a financial strategy or think they might have one, they can be fairly hands-off. And they might not even be sure what the difference between a bear market and a bull market is. I mean, one's up, one's down, but maybe you could go into some detail there. Well, for sure. You know, yeah, that, that first question that listeners probably are asking themselves is, you know, what exactly is a bear market and how should I invest during one of those? And so, you know, at its most basic uh, premise, a bear market is simply when the market sees a prolonged plunge in investment prices. And in most cases, when prices fall by more than 20% and that lasts for a minimum of two months or longer, it's going to be declared a bear market. And 
you know, one thing to note here is that bear markets can can definitely affect the market as a whole, um, you know, as with the Dow Jones Industrial Average or the S&P 500, as well as individual stocks. And Tony, while that 20% marker is typically the threshold, you know, the reality is that bear markets often fall much further uh, than that over a sustained block of time rather than all at once. And, you know, even though the market may enjoy a handful of brief rallies, as we've seen even this year, you know, generally we're on a trend downward. Okay. And, and, but, you know, for, for all of us to, to note, you know, sooner or later investors begin buying, you know, the well-valued stocks that are available as a result of the downturn. And, and that ends the bear market pretty, uh, pretty abruptly. Yeah. Well, there, yeah, that's true. And so, uh, we've seen bear markets before. And I've read that bear markets can have a fairly significant psychological impact on investors. And you're probably seeing that uh, people let their emotions get involved during times like this, right? For sure. For sure. Yeah. Yeah. Those impacts obviously are real. And, you know, one of the defining elements of a bear market is a combination of both investor pessimism and then also lowered confidence. And so it is very common that during a bear market, investors will be unable to embrace, you know, any good news, um, you know, and continue wanting to sell quickly, uh, which uh, only serves to drive prices even further south, unfortunately. And, you know, it's it's also common, Tony, during a bear market that some investors may be confident about certain individual stocks without applying that same level of confidence to the market as a whole. Okay. Yeah. And, uh, you know, when I think um, uh, when we look back at the history of bear markets, uh, what are some of the tip things that cause them? I, I think a lot of people are like, why are we in a bear market? Um, uh, and how long, more importantly, maybe how long do they last? Yeah. And the interesting thing is we've talked to uh, lots of clients this year about the current bear market we're in. And if you look back historically, there's just usually a completely different reason that we drop into a bear market, whether it's <laughs> so there's no one or, set answer economic, you know, but yeah. I mean, but, you know, t- typically bear markets, you know, occur right before the economy drifts into a recession. Mm-hmm. And, you know, many investors watch certain economic signals. Uh, th- those signals typically include things like hiring, you know, wage growth, inflation, and interest rates. And and some of those signals can sometimes tell us if the economy is cooling uh, towards a recession. And, and you know, w- we should note, though, that, you know, the pandemic's still recent, you know, nationwide closures and surge in unemployment claims has definitely made it more difficult to some um, of these time-tested economic signals to determine, you know, the true condition of the economy. Um, but, Tony, when investors do think that they've unlocked, you know, enough clues to determine the economy is shrinking, they expect corporate profits to drop, at least in the near term. And and then uh, they they begin selling off some stock, which has that domino effect of pushing the market even lower, as we've talked about, you know, and that and that domino effect, you know, uh, in bear markets may also suggest that there's going to be higher unemployment and a more challenging, you know, economy is on the horizon. And we're starting to see that. And and that's a good high-level description of what we're looking at here. What about the length, though? How long do bear markets usually last? I know it varies, obviously, but are we talking weeks, months, or years? Yep. Well, and, you know, obviously there's no definitive answer for each one, but historically, bear markets are much shorter than bull markets. The, the average bear market um, is about just under a year. 
whereas the average run for a bull market, right, when prices are going up, is about four and a half years. So many more bull markets than bear markets traditionally, uh, and and for much longer periods of time. And from a purely statistical standpoint, bear markets tend to pack less potential punch. Okay. Um, and what I mean by that is, you know, during a bear market, losses have historically been around 30%. And on the flip side, though, the average gains during a bull market when the markets are doing well is up about 160%. You know, and um, interestingly, this time, the coronavirus, you know, induced bear market that kicked off in March of 2020 shifted into a bull market less than a month later. And, you know, again, you know, uh, the full picture of the pandemic's economic fallout is still being painted, but it's very interesting when you look historically at, at how long these bear markets last and, um, and how long it takes us to recover. It's been a good show so far. I'm curious, though, Nick, about what you can tell us about investing during a bear market. You mentioned that at the beginning of the show. A lot of people are asking about that. What should I do as far as investing when there's a bear market? Well, and Tony, you know, I believe that that's definitely one of the most critical questions that investors should be asking today. Um, you know, what what is the bear market or when a bear market hits, you know, sh- how should I be investing it? Should I do anything differently? And so, you know, the, the recommendation that I would give to them first and foremost is to think about the way that they actually put money into the market. And lots of people have embraced this concept of dollar cost averaging. And, um, and, and, and that's something that you should definitely think through with your advisor. And so here's an example, you know, the price of a stock in your portfolio, um, you know, could have dropped say from a hundred dollars a share to $75 a share during this recent bear market. And if you have extra cash available, you may be quickly, uh, you, you know, you quickly may be in a situation where you want to invest more shares and buy it thinking that maybe the stock's at its lowest point, but guess what? typically you're going to be wrong. And, you know, sure that that stock that dropped from hundred dollars a share down to 75 a share, you know, it's possible that that stock, you know, has fallen as far as it's going to go. But what if it hasn't? I mean, what, what if it goes to $50 a share or $30 a share? Right. And so trying to, you know, um, pinpoint the bottom of the market is extremely dangerous. Um, and so dollar cost averaging can help with that, Tony. Yeah. Yeah, dollar cost averaging your way back in. You've talked about doing that before, and that's an important uh, method when it comes to investing, period, uh, whether it's during a bear market or not. And people need to understand that and, of course, not do it on their own. You need to work with a financial professional if you're going to attempt something like that. I think the phrase I think of, Nick, is uh, don't get out over your skis. Have you heard that one before? (laughs) I have. You don't want to get out over the top of your skis and try timing the market, but you don't want to do that. Uh, What's a better strategy? Yeah. So, you know, this is where that dollar cost averaging may be the smart play if you're continuously investing Um, because dollar cost averaging is simply the principle of consistently investing money over time and in closely equal amounts. And, And the reason why that helps is because it allows you to smooth out your purchase price over time which may help prevent you from dumping a large amount of cash into a stock while the price is still very high. And, you know, the same concept means that you'll also be taking advantage of market drops when they occur. Now, Tony, on the flip side, many regular meetings I've had with uh, my clients this year have actually had us focus on dollar cost averaging out of their portfolios as well, which a lot of people don't talk about because 
when you get into the distribution phase, which we've talked a lot about, yep. it's very important to understand how quick market changes can affect your distributions. And so if somebody comes in and wants to take a huge distribution all at once, you know, the risk that they're taking is if the market is selling off, um, you know, they could be taking a huge distribution when, when their portfolio is at a low for that year or two year period. Yeah. Well, and I think that's obviously important and it makes sense. Uh, what kind of assets are we talking about though with a defensive strategy? What particular assets uh, do you mean? Yep. And so some things that we've talked a lot um, to our investors about this year um, are our ideas like dividend paying stocks. And, you know, even during a time when stock prices aren't trending up, a lot of investors um, can still receive dividend payments from companies. And it's for that reason that some companies offer higher than average dividends that may be, you know, very enticing during bear markets. And, you know, in the past, bonds are another common part of a defensive strategy because, Bonds are often attractive investments during rocky periods in the stock market because historically they have not moved, you know, in the same direction as stock prices. However, Tony, this year has been completely different. And that's what I meant earlier in the show when I said it's for different reasons that we go into bear markets, because the odd thing this year is that uh, bond prices are actually down about 15 percent. And um, that's attributed to inflation and some things that are happening with the Federal Reserve as they raise rates, um, you know, and, and so you have to be able to sit down with your advisor on a regular basis. We sit down very often with our clients and talk to them about the better ideas and things that could be available today. And, you know, you have to look for alternatives in every single asset class space. Bond alternatives today, for instance that have always been safe havens. You know, you, you could consider things like fixed indexed annuities or buffered index portfolios. Um, you know, those, those are some of the things that we've used with our clients this year. Yeah. Yeah. And th those are great. The buffered index portfolio you mentioned, uh, that's been a great tool times like this because it minimizes the downside. You don't have to participate in all of the downside. And they, ha they have come up with so many different investment vehicles and I like that portfolio, the buffered index portfolio. Now, um, obviously, there are a lot of different assets and strategies, but it all depends on each individual's personal situation, as you always say. And on previous shows, Nick, you've spent a lot of time highlighting that diversification. And, and diversification is one of the things we need to be considering when it comes to investing. So I'm glad you uh, emphasized that again and talked a little bit more about that today. Yeah. And, and Tony, you know, the, another tip for investing during a bear market is to identify sectors that have historically performed well during recessions. And a couple of those typically are consumer staples and utilities, um, you know, because they've been able to maintain solid performance during previous recessions. Uh, th think about it. People always need utilities. Um, people always need, um, you know, consumer supplies. Right. And you may be able to invest in specific sectors you know, through either index funds or exchange traded funds, which um, track a market benchmark, for instance. And both of those index funds and exchange traded funds provide more diversification than just a single stock uh, because they include shares of numerous companies, which also is a very, very key part to diversification um, when, you know, we're in a situation like we are today, if that makes sense. It does. And I think... Uh, again, a good point. And identifying sectors that traditionally perform solidly during a recession, 
that's another good reason to work with somebody like yourself, a financial services professional, when it comes to building a portfolio and having a financial strategy that's going to maintain as much strength as possible, good times, bad times. And obviously working with somebody with experience is the way to go. I mean, you do this every day, day in, day out. You've done this for years. And this is what you do to help your clients. When inflation creeps up, you've got it built into the plan. No need to panic. Same with uh, market volatility. And this year's been a down year. Uh, it's built into the plan and you got to stick to the plan, but first you got to have one first. You got to work with a, with a professional, right? That's, that's exactly correct, Tony, you know, and, and, you know, maybe to end on maybe a final way that you can invest during a bear market is to simply stick to that long game and the plan that you've come up with, because in many ways, bear markets are going to test both your discipline and your patience, right? And, and it's perfectly normal, you know, to sweat and worry during market drops. I mean, history has shown us time and time again, that patience is definitely a virtue when you're thinking about investing, especially long-term. And so, you know, not panicking and sticking to your long-term strategy is especially important in your primary goals, um, especially if it's to provide yourself and your spouse or your partner with a preferred retirement lifestyle. Because, you know, bear markets, you know, if you can fight your way through them, will almost certainly be overshadowed by bull markets that will help you thrive. And that's the point here, right? Um, money you need for, for, for short-term goals when you're thinking about planning which are the ones that are typically for, you know, the next couple of months shouldn't be put in the market. And those are typically, you know, um, emergency reserves that we've talked about before. But I always like to remind people that I work with that feeling nervous or maybe even a little panicked, right, is perfectly natural. Uh, worrying doesn't mean that you're wrong. It just means that you're human. But the key is not allowing those feelings and emotions to overwhelm your common sense and the goals that you have in place. Yep. Have goals and have a plan to reach those goals. Well, let's take another quick break here and let our listeners know how they can get a hold of you. Sure thing. Sure thing. Listeners, two ways. You can go to jonesfinancialtalk.com or simply reach out to us at 541-773-9567 to discuss how we might be able to help you with your specific situation. All right. And listeners, stay tuned. We're going to be right back with more of Jones Financial Talk and our host, Nick Jones, after this. Are you apprehensive about what to do with your assets? Maybe you're exposing your assets to more or less risk than you're comfortable with. Jones & Associates Premier Financial Solutions would be happy to help you figure this out. The Color of Money Risk Analysis assesses your financial picture to provide a color of money score that may help you bring your retirement into clearer focus. Take the Color of Money Risk Analysis at our website, jonesfinancialtalk.com, to determine what your risk tolerance is today. Jones & Associates Premier Financial Solutions is a registered investment advisor in the state of Oregon. And welcome back to Jones Financial Talk. I'm your co-host, Tony Shore, and I'm here with Nick Jones. Nick, great to see you again today. Great to be here with you. Uh, a great show. Uh, too bad it's uh, not about a more positive topic, but we are in a bear market. And it is good to know that there are options out there, even during a bear market. So what do you have for us in our final segment today? 
Yeah, Tony. So, you know, I want to continue our conversation on the potential impact of a bear market by focusing specifically on what a bear market might mean for your retirement strategy, because that's the main thing that most people are talking to me about. So let's talk about that more, Tony. Um, you know, first and foremost, you know, um, you need to recognize that the market is currently experiencing lots of volatility, and that alone is enough to make retirees and near retirees very nervous, uh, and rightly so. But, you know, after all, as we say often on our show, retirement is your reward for years and years of hard work and financial discipline. And, you know, here's an interesting historical nugget that makes clear that the worries about a potential bear market are aren't not, you know, unwarranted. And, and so think about this, Tony. Between about 1930 and, and through March of this year, there have been 26 bear markets. And remember that a bear market is a market decline of more than 20% that lasts at least two months. And, and get this, Tony, since 1930, the average bear market decline has been a whopping 35% which means, you know, the fear of big losses is not entirely irrational. Well, that's true. And so that can happen. What should retirees and near retirees do then, Nick? So thankfully, there are some things that folks can do to somewhat protect their retirement assets from bear markets. The, you know, the biggest of which that comes to mind, Tony, is that your retirement income should not depend on the market, right? It should depend on math and a plan that you have in place. And so, an income plan that is written, that is in front of you, that you can see, that you can edit when things like this happen, uh, are, is a very, very important thing. And and let's look closer at math for just a minute. Um, let's say that you and your spouse are close to retirement and have a million dollars saved. Uh, th that's a very, very nice chunk of money. But don't lose sight of the fact that your retirement could easily last you two or even three decades with the way that that people are living today. And so, you know, the question becomes, is that money going to be enough uh, if you decide or, or if one of you lives that long? And, and oh, by the way, you know, as you age, Tony, everything increases in cost, food, housing, utilities, you name it, everything increases and is more expensive as you age. Yeah, <laughs> yeah that's true. I, I mean, it really does, obviously, with inflation, but uh, and then things like healthcare and hearing and vision and dental, you're spending more on these things as well. So I think that's a, an attention grabber. Um, what kind of information uh, do you have for us? What, what else uh, do we need to know about this? I mean, obviously sure. it's uh, not enough to just, you know, let your money sit in a bank somewhere. Exactly. And, you know, it's time to take that money and split it into one of three buckets. Okay. okay. The first of which is the safety bucket. Yep. Okay. And we talked a little bit about that before. And this is where you place money to handle those unexpected emergencies that pop up in everyone's life and, and including, you know, uh, including when they're in retirement. And, you know, while I'm sitting or when I'm typically sitting down with a client, I make it a point to simply ask them, you know, what amount of money is their safety bucket and and what would make them feel comfortable, right? And I've been in business uh, quite a long time, about 20 years, and the answers I've gotten to this question have varied considerably. Um, but let's stick to our example with the couple of um, that we talked about before that has a million dollars, you know, in investments. Um, you know, start by dedicating somewhere around $50,000 to their safety bucket. That's a pretty good number to know that in an emergency situation, they've got access to those funds that are not invested in the market. 
Yeah, there you go. And I think, you know, we need our money to last as long as possible. And at a time when uh, a bear market seems like a very real possibility, I'm guessing the safety bucket will have even more appeal than usual to a lot of listeners out there. So that's the safety bucket. What's the next bucket, Nick? So the next bucket is the income bucket, which we talked a little bit about before with that income plan that needs to be written. You can edit. Okay. And this bucket is built around the question of how much money you think you're going to need every month during retirement to pay for your lifestyle. And, you know, notice that I say lifestyle, Tony, rather than bills here, because that is intentional. Um, You know, while you'll obviously need money for groceries and gas, you're also going to need money for your hobbies and other non-essential spending things that make retirement worthwhile. And so, you know, let's say that um, a couple from our example that we've been discussing today settles on $6,000 a month as their income goal. They each anticipate receiving $2,000 a month from Social Security for a grand total of $4,000 every month. Well, very simple math tells us, um, you know, how they're going to now have a monthly income gap of about $2,000, you know, and so one potential way to address that gap is to use some sort of retirement nest egg to purchase something maybe like an annuity um, where, you know, they're going to be able to provide them with some guaranteed monthly income that can't be outlived. Um, There are many different types of annuities and solutions that we could use on the income gap front. Um, and, And the point is, you just need to sit down and talk with your financial services professional about where income comes from in up markets and down markets. And, you know, the way I explain it to our clients and new prospects is it depends If the market is running hot and we've had great returns, maybe you're going to take it from some of the growth part of your portfolio. If not, and the markets are down, maybe you're taking it from uh, one of those more guaranteed solutions, right? Sure. Sure. And I like this bucket approach. I I think this is really important for people to understand. And that leaves us with just one bucket. Yep, that's right, Tony. So uh, after the first two buckets, you definitely um, need to think about the third bucket, which is market growth. And you shouldn't be overly aggressive specifically with that third bucket because buckets one and two are squared away, but it may be advantageous for you to consider a portfolio that has slightly heavier risk and maybe takes on some more equity portfolios um, and it's lighter on bonds, um, you know, because this is the bucket that's going to last you your lifetime. This is where your growth engine is going to continue to build what you need long-term in retirement. Sure. So that's the growth bucket where there is more risk. Well, this has been a great show today, Nick. You covered a lot. Is there anything else you want to add before we go? Just as always, Tony, I'd just really encourage our listeners, if they're interested in these topics, to either visit us online at jonesfinancialtalk.com or simply reach out to our office here locally at 541-773-9567. All right. Well, thank you so much, Nick. Great show today, listeners. That does it for today's episode of Jones Financial Talk with our host, Nick Jones. Thank you for listening to Jones Financial Talk. Don't pay too much for taxes or retire without a sound income plan. For more information, please contact Nick Jones at Jones & Associates Premier Financial Solutions. Call 541-773-9567 or visit their website at jonesfinancialtalk.com. 
Fee-based financial planning and investment advisory services are offered by Jones & Associates Premier Financial Solutions, a registered investment advisor in the state of Oregon. Insurance products and services are offered through Jones & Associates Insurance Solutions. Jones & Associates Premier Financial Solutions and Jones & Associates Insurance Solutions are affiliated companies. Nick Jones, Herstel Jones, and Jones & Associates Premier Financial Solutions are not affiliated with or endorsed by the Social Security Administration or any other government agency. All matters discussed during this show are for informational purposes only. Each individual situation may vary and the opinions expressed here may not apply to everyone. Materials presented are believed to be from reliable sources and no representations can be made as to its accuracy. All ideas and information should be discussed in detail with one of our qualified representatives prior to implementation.